Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast. Stan, Rowan, comes all together in Balay Camus. Balay de Camus. I really have to figure Balay that out. Balay ni Camus. All right. Balay ni Camus. It is... Balay da ko. Hindi naman siya ganun ka doon. fine. I mean, I, who else has been here? Well, a lot of people have been here. A lot of people have been here. People just walk right up. Yeah, so Brian Leo has been here. Unfortunately. Which is, uh, <laughs> I gave him. I gave him my water. God damn it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've fed you more. Yeah. It's going to be a fun episode of the podcast, actually. Uh, we've got a very special guest. Yes. He is a Filipino-Canadian wrestler. Yes. He's here in town. And he's he, well. He, he, we just wanted him on the podcast, you know. No, he, he has wanted? a lot of stories to share, which uh, you'll probably enjoy as much as we did. Oh, you will get to find out who he went to class with, who, who he trained with, who his favorite opponent is. Yeah, because by God, a lot of the who names, he's met. A lot of the names that he'll be mentioning are names you've probably marked out to and jizzed over in some and cases. And we'll do the same for this time. He's also a huge advocate of yoga. Yes, yes, we will know. What, what yoga, yoga is. is. What his brand of yoga is, man, that's oh. special. It's not DDP, though. Yeah. It's Billy Swade yoga. Yeah. So, Billy Swade coming on the podcast, he'll be uh, telling a lot of good stories. But before that, we just got to talk about uh, the, that crazy All Star weekend and the subsequent Boogie Cousins fleecing. I'm not even going to call it a trade, I'm going to call is, it a robbery. It is highway robbery. Yeah. It is highway robbery on, on a new level. My well, God. well if, you're, if you're the Pelicans, it's a giveaway. Uh, if no, you're the Kings, it's, it's a giveaway. It's, but. But what what is this? This is three years. Three years they've been trying to trade him. Yeah, three years they've been trying to trade Boogie, and his trade value has gone so low now. And, and Vivek has been so stubborn about the about the trade offers that he just accepted the one offer that he thought was really good because apparently he thinks Buddy Heald has Steph Curry upside. <laughs> Wait, Steph Curry upside? Yeah, that that's actually a quote that he thinks Buddy Heald has Steph and Curry potential. That's bullshit. It's actually on. that's bullshit. Uh, and and the, the best thing is the stat that Demarcus Cousins has made more threes this season than Buddy Heald has. Well, fuck. So uh, well, my, but, I think but my, the thing, yeah. is, the thing is, what scares me was that I read about the the Lakers offer. Yeah. That the Lakers were in talks with them as well, and that. The only thing that they said no to was Brandon fucking Ingram. Yes, who is uh, still a question mark at this point. Huge question mark. Yeah, um, I think the biggest takeaway out of all of this is how absurd the trade is to the point that NBA 2K17 won't let you do it. Are you fucking kidding? Yes. Who, who ran that sim? Uh, somebody somebody on the internet. Just but to be it. fair, Naman, though, it's not because it was lopsided, but because uh, the, the format of the trade doesn't literally let you do it. Yeah. Like uh, the math doesn't work out. The, the math doesn't work out to a fair 
salary cap. And, and yung, the, the players that have to be let go on both sides. Because ah, the yes. Kings are, are uh, receiving more players than they're giving away. Mm. So, because you can't move, there are no D League affiliates in in this version. Uh, you can't yeah, call yeah. down people. You can't call down yeah. people. So to put it simply, it, it, it's a robbery. I, I'm sure a lot of other people have said more things about this. Uh, we just really wanted to get it out there that uh, th- this happened and that it's so insane. I, I still can't wrap my mind around it. It's, it's one of those things that it's like, it's when I heard about it, it was, it's like, are we in the fucking Twilight Zone? Is this a joke? Because, no, you know, there are a lot of these jokes that go around like right after All-Star Game. Yeah. Um, ang is when, when, when it happened, I was listening to a podcast where Dave Yeager, the coach of the Kings, was like, oh yeah, we're never going to trade the Marcus. The Marcus just committed to the Kings and stuff like that. And being like, oh, surprise. Gets traded right after the All-Star Game. Surprise, um, nigga. Other news from, from uh, the NBA you may not have uh, heard about is uh, Lakers changing uh, their management. So they and fired Jim Buss. Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah that's, that's a, that's a minor that move. So they, they fired Jim Buss, they fired Mitch Kupchak and their PR guy, and they replaced him with Magic Johnson and Rob Pelinka, the former agent of Kobe, current yep. agent of James Harden, Avery Bradley, and Eric Gordon, among others. So that's huge because it's an example of a literal COO, child of owner, yes. getting kicked out of the organization he owns. It's <laughs> it's one of those straight up Cersei Lannister shit. Is Jerry Buss dead? No, yes, he yes. died in no, Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Said, yeah. Who else who I mean? Who else would I mean? Well, among Jerry Buss Jr. Jim Buss is the son. Jim Buss. Jim Jerry, Buss sorry. is the guy who got fired. Jim Buss is the guy who got fired. Yeah, so he is still technically an owner, but he's no longer president of basketball operations. And that's God a victory damn. for everyone who's ever been screwed by a COO. And I'll leave it at that. Now, uh, on air handshake. <laughs> So, um, big week of wrestling ahead. We've got PWR Live. Uh, no, not, not live. Path of Gold. Path of Gold. Path of Gold. Baby. Yeah, Path of Gold is taking place this weekend. It'll be back at Bayanihan. So we're Bayanihan Unilab Center, 2 p.m. Yeah, it's going to be extra early. Parking is free, by the way, so don't worry about that. Don't park across the street. Where Afterwards, the if you're not going to Mass, since uh, Swansea is closed. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Swansea is closed? Yes, on Sunday. On Sunday night. So yes. let's all have food. <laughs> Somewhere. Elsewhere, there are a in lot of places. We, we we have options. Yeah, so um, go ahead, and and it's never too late to tell your friends from PWR if you want the discounted. Rates. Yes, we still have discounts. Yes. We are more than willing to dish them out for you. So you know where to find us. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Yeah, if um, you want a discount, just hit one of us up. Yeah, hit all of us up. No social. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you our social media handles later on after the show, <laughs> yeah. right? And oh, uh, but, but you know what? The best thing, the best bit of news among all of this shit, there is gonna be new network merch on Sunday. Oh yes, absolutely. I just saw. And and Mel, I got an email from Mel from HR, and it just looks so good. Like I'm, I'm copying this Instacop. <laughs> Instacop. No, my only club. issue with it is that it's kind of late and it's kind of passe to have Bullet Club spinoff merch. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I would I have to agree. I don't mind. Yeah, it, it looks good. It looks good, but you know, I I, it kind of misses the boat. Just, just a little bit. It missed the boat two years ago. Minimum two years ago. Yeah, I guess. Two fine. years ago, we've jumped the shark with this merch thing. Yeah, but anyway. it still looks good. I mean, we, did, we we barely had merch two years ago. Sure, it, it does look good. If you if you are a fan of the network for some strange reason, <laughs> please go and cop one of those shirts. It really does look good on people. Plus, it does help. It goes a long way. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to our interview with the beautiful Billy Swain. All right. So we're sitting here in uh, Casa Camus. Casa de Camus. Casa de Balay Camus. Balay, it's Balay. Why? Are, are you not in Longo? I am, but then it's just you know we've already coined this. 
Why? Why? So Syrians be more Tisoy Spanish than Tisoy. But that's not true. Long that's not true though. That's not true. Uh, that's not true though. <laughs> Anyway, you're, you're, it's you're, fucking you're, racist. Wouldn't it be I, called haci- a hacienda? Was it no, no, that's, oh, an yeah. actual, that's an actual farm. A ranch. Oh, okay. that would, that, that's like a ranch. You're at the ranch then. Yeah. El Rancho. El Rancho de Camus. Yeah, so we're, we're actually joined here by a very special guest. He is a Filipino independent wrestler based in Canada. And we're so lucky to be joined by him. He's actually been working with the PWR guys. and by the Lately, time he, recently. Yeah, pretty yeah. recently. So uh, by the time you hear this, you'll have noticed that there is a relationship with the boys and with our guest tonight. So please welcome to the podcast, Billy Swade. Good evening. Hello. I wouldn't say I'm that special, but, you know, <laughs> hey, thanks for having me here, guys. No, I, I think, uh, you know, as someone who's in boot camp, uh, when you come to boot camp and then you show off what you can do coming from, you know, an actual wrestling background, from an actual wrestling place, yeah. it's, I think it's safe to say that you are pretty special. Like, it's in the same way, Tilly Willie is more than special. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Well, like, uh, I'll tell you guys honestly, when I walked into that boot camp, the only reason why I, ju- I uh, trained with you guys is because I hadn't been train- training in like a couple of weeks before coming into this. So <laughs> hey. I was kind of a little out of shape and I, I just sort of just wanted to go through the motions and Two stuff. Two weeks like, isn't that bad. Come on. You'd be surprised, like, what some of our guys, we go through like. Three weeks, four weeks at a time, and then you're not yeah. doing shit. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been there too, so yeah. But it was great. I got my I got my sweat on that that day, and it was, it was great. It was great to roll around with uh, everybody that was there. So yeah. I guess the first question, uh, at least on my mind, is how did you find us, or how did we find you? Oh well, the I guess it's the uh, good old power of the internet. I guess you know yes. um, uh, the the two years. I'm oh, sorry, uh, a couple months ago when I was sort of planning my trip uh, to come here to the Philippines. I basically was, you know, just planned to, you know, do some vacationing, visit my mom. I uh, had some friends that were coming through. Uh, and then I was just like, all right, let, let's, I just researched, you know, Philippines pro wrestling. And then all of a sudden PWR came up and I was like, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's see where this goes. And then uh, I contacted you guys off the Facebook uh, uh, page, I guess. And a uh, couple of messages uh, later, here we are in the... Rancho the uh, in my uh, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are. Yeah, hey, but you know, it's it's an interesting thing because like we've we receive the the page receives a lot of these inquiries from guys who claim, claim to be wrestlers. We we do actually have we have actually received legitimate uh, inquiries. inquiries from mm-hmm. people legit on television at the moment. Uh-huh. So it, yeah, uh, it's just that we can't pay most of these speaking, guys. Can't pay them to work for us as much as we want to, as much as we mark out for them. But right. yeah, it's. I think uh, as I was telling uh, Billy off the air that I think uh, a lot of the help PWR has received since day one has been stroke of luck, strokes of luck. Mm-hmm. So uh, you come by as well as you know, Chili Billy hanging around here mm-hmm. is a major. Not stroke just of not luck. just hanging around. I mean. What? Resetting, resetting, <laughs> resetting in near, nearby. Putin. Oh yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. That 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 in itself. You, you didn't have to tell people where he lived. <laughs> well, we didn't say where he lives. We just said he reset nearby. Yeah. All right. Right. That's so. like you know how big the metro is. <laughs> yes, it's yes. huge. It's huge, huge man. Manila is huge. Like oh my god. Yeah, it's it's huge and it's hot. That's, that's that is true. That is true. You how came long? no, you came at a time when the cold fronts were over. So. Uh, a couple weeks ago, everything two was really week. cold. The two-week cold. Okay, part. now how cold are we talking about here? Oh, yeah, 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 you're from Canada. Okay, you're from Canada. Canada. Okay. When I left Vancouver, it was snowing. Okay, okay fine, okay, fine, fine. Yeah, and I absolutely hate it. Like, I, winter, 
like Vancouver is my you know is my home. Summertime is the best time to visit Vancouver. But if you find yourself there in the wintertime, like it gets dark at four o'clock. Is it miserable? I would say it's miserable, and there, it makes oh, people God. miserable. Like, like you know, it, it starts getting co- uh, dark at four o'clock in right. the afternoon, and wow. like you just don't, you just don't want to be there. <laughs> it's like drinking your basement weather. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the cold fronts here were like spring weather in in North America. Okay, for sure. That I can handle. Yeah. I think that'd be okay. Like t-shirt weather there. I guess I would say <laughs> t-shirt one one layer two layers weather yeah yeah so like at, at this point how long have you been in Manila uh, I landed uh, about a week ago so depending on when this comes out I've been yeah been here for about a week now and how long will you be staying here uh, well that's sort of up in the air I booked a, I booked an open ticket uh-huh. uh, to come out here yeah I usually I usually like doing that I usually the last big trip I did was uh, to Australia, and that, that was also an open ticket as well. Uh, I ended up staying there for about a year, and like, I just—it it was just open, you know. Like same same thing here. Like, I just booked an open ticket, uh, had some travel plans and stuff like that, and uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, I, li- I like to keep it open. I don't know. It's me me personally. I like to right, keep my right. keep, keep it open. Absolutely, like open minded. Yeah, yeah. open minded yeah, yeah. business. For sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. All right, so um, tell us about your story. Like, how did you get into pro wrestling? Uh, we were talking off the air earlier. You said yep. that you entered the business at 24, but when did your fandom start? Because I, I assume that it had to start from being a fan. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, we're all we're all wrestling fans here, right? So yeah. I'm pretty Wait, sure. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I pretty. I sh- didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure at some point when we were kids, we all saw our first, you know, wrestling match on Absolutely, TV. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. For me, some of my earliest memories were like, uh, you know, sitting in the living room with my dad and we're watching like Undertaker on like Superstars, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. And, and uh, watching that. And um, I just remember, you know, like characters like the t- Undertaker, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man. Yes. Those yeah. guys. And just, these guys were just unbelievable, like larger than life characters, right? And... Uh, but like, so that was when I was watching WWF at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I when had it was a, still WWF. When it was still WWF, uh, I had a cousin that lived in California, and so in California they had like different channels, right? Yeah. Sure. And that was the first time I saw like some NWA stuff. Okay, like, WCW. Oh. Well, even before. Oh, okay. NWA. NWA. Yeah, NWA. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like NWO. Like specifically, I remember watching a match where it was like the Road Warriors. Like before, they were Legion of Doom. Yeah. Uh, Road Warriors, like they had the black, the pads. Yeah, the black pads with like the silver spikes and like the Mohawk. Raiders gear. Yeah, basically. exactly. Right, and they're you know they're they're coming down the ring. That that was when like they didn't have any barriers, like guardrails or anything like that. So they're they're fighting their way through the through the crowd, and they just they you know smoky arenas like dimly lit, and I'm just like man, these guys are these guys are like the real deal. Like I knew what. Obviously, was watching WWE, WWF. Sorry, at the yeah, time, cool. I kind of knew it was you know work and stuff like that. But when I saw like the NWA stuff, I was like, okay, these guys look legit. Like, and then I think after that, I saw a match. It was like Dusty Rhodes versus somebody, and it was like a cage match. And that was the first time I saw blood. And like, you know, like in color. Yeah, right. And like Dusty, like Dusty's like all you know bleeding and like. He's ripping his head oh, and I was just like, man, these guys. I think this is real. Like I told you, like, I think this is, this is real stuff, right? So, anyways, like yeah, that was those. Those were like some of my first early memories of, of pro wrestling, and 
ever since I was a kid, I was like, I was like hooked, you know. Like when I was in high school, I was like, the, I was like the kid that I, all my friends said they're like, yeah, you're probably gonna be a wrestler, you know, yeah, wrestler, one day. Bro, yeah. I, I remember, you know, joining the amateur wrestling team, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'd, I'd get, I'd always get in trouble from like, from my, from my coach, because like, you know, I'd slip in a figure four like, <laughs> you know, and they're like, yo, like you can't do that, you know. Is it, is it illegal? No, is it illegal hold? But it's, 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 it's a hold that you can use, but then it's just it's yeah. weak. I'm weak pretty sauce. sure, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's frowned upon. Like, yes. I'm pretty sure they'd be like, yo, that's you know. That's it's like there are only so many things you can do in amateur like, catch wrestling that yeah. work, that that actually translate from watching pro wrestling. Yeah. So it's like, eh, the figure yeah. four is just, it's, yeah, you, know, you know how tedious it is to put on. Yeah, 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 you know, you got to spin around and you got to hook the other leg. And it's like, you don't have time, you don't have time to do that now. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward, like, like I said, uh, like we mentioned before, I was 24, 25 when I first started breaking, when I broke in. Uh, I remember watching the local TV and they, the, uh, the local promotion at the time, ECCW. Mm. Uh, they were they were running. Uh, they had like a one hour time slot on Saturday afternoons, right? And I was watching it, and I was like, "Hey, this is in Vancouver." And then I, I think also when I was I think when I was in grade nine or something like that. I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, I went to one of the local pro wrestling shows, shows yeah. in town, and then I put two and two together. And then I remember watching. And there's you know there's a couple, you know there's there's a couple. Uh, Let's just say Jabroni's <laughs> show at the time. Sorry, guys, if you guys know who you are. Uh, and I was like, I was like, you know, I think I think I could, you know, uh, like it, the possibility of me turning it into turning a dream into like reality, uh, all of a sudden blossomed in my head. And I was like, yeah, I played sports growing up as a kid, so you know. Uh, I, was, I was actually about to ask that, Nick. Once yeah. you finish it up, Nick. In high school, did you actually, apart from the amateur wrestling, were you doing anything else varsity wise? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're Filipinos, so we got basketball in our blood, right? Hey, so, <laughs> there you go. So you know, I was playing basketball, I was playing football. You know, obviously, I was wrestling and stuff like that. I played, I, I was playing ice hockey ever since I was a little kid growing up. Canada, yeah, right, <laughs> Canada. Hey, and, uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, I had I had sort of an athletic background, and uh, I was watching some of the guys like rolling around. I was like, man. I, you know, I could, I could, you know, do a pretty good shot at this. And so, anyways, they, they ran a commercial, you know, be a pro wrestler, call this number, right? And I was like, hell yeah, am I going to call this number? So <laughs> I called them, and then uh, they told me to come down, bring 500 buck deposit to, like, start training. And and that's and then the rest is history, man. But what were you doing at the time? Like, you mentioned you were 24, so were you working? Yeah. Were you out of school? Yeah, I, you know, I just sort of did a little stint at, like, college. Didn't really finish, finish college or whatever. Was, just wasn't really interested in okay. what I was studying or whatever. And then, you know, I started, you know, working, uh, you know, just jobs and stuff like that. I was thinking I was, like, bartending at the time or something like that. And, uh, um, yeah, and then, I, again, it just, it just went back to going to that local show and then watching that the thing on TV. I was just like... Screw it. Let's 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 give this a go. You know. So you said that uh, the deposit to get in was like five hundred dollars, and but how expensive was it really to train? And, uh, and who was the li- trainer? Yeah, a little bit more. So the story behind behind that was uh, when I first started training in Vancouver. Yeah. I only was training for about like three months up until the gym that where uh, the gym where training was being held. Uh, I, whoever had the lease on it or whatever. It was it was like a kickboxing gym. Okay. And so the lease was up, and then so we couldn't we we didn't have a, a spot for the ring to to put the put the ring up. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> actually, actually, that's 
very very close to home. Very close to home, man. Right, and uh, so then that stopped, and I was just like, I I gotta keep I gotta keep doing this, right? So went online, checked out first, checked out schools that were nearby, and then Storm Wrestling Academy popped up. So yeah, as in Land Storm, yeah, the uh, uh, from Calgary. <laughs> Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I, sh- I shot him an email, uh, told him my situation. Uh, at the time, he runs a three month program, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, it was already halfway through the first month. And then I, I, I you know I emailed him, told him I was like, ah, oh, you know I've, I got you know a couple months under my belt for training. Just wondering if I can you know swing by and like be part of the class and. Of course, he's like, he's like, yeah, no problem. Like, uh, but again, bring your deposit like that, and then we'll, we'll get you in, right? So, uh, in terms of how much it costs, like, well, I guess you know, it's 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 up it's up there. It's about a couple, you know, at least a couple grand, maybe two three grand, depending on, uh, on how long. Yeah, I guess how okay. long it is. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, I, at the time I had that money, and uh, my dad at the time he helped me out with a, with a flight over there. And um, yeah, so I flew over there at the wrong time of the year, which was the winter time. <laughs> oh, it, it, uh, we were talking about earlier about how yeah. Vancouver is cold. Calgary is is, is cold. Mm. It's a different kind of cold. It's more of a drier cold, but it snows so much there at certain points of the year. And like, uh, like okay, so it gets like minus minus ten. But then there's a there's a thing called the wind, wind chill, chill factor. Yep, wind chill. You know all about it, right? About, and it gets to like shit. minus thirty, minus forty. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't even, you know. And like, we we I lived in a in a in a, in a place that was about an hour bus ride mm-hmm. away. So every day, five days a week, ten a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. to one p.m., mm-hmm. I'd make that one hour tr- uh, one hour track on that bus uh, all the way to, to Storms Academy, and then yeah, we would uh, he would teach us how to bump. Teach how to run ropes and all that sort of stuff. How was it like training under Landstorm? Was he exciting? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Storm. I love the guy. He still remembers who I am after all these years. Uh, we still sort of, uh, you know, email each other like during Christmas and stuff like that. Tell us, you know, say what's up and um, happy holidays and all. Yeah, right. Uh, it here's the thing. Like it took. I think our class it took about a month. For us to like warm up to him, like for him to like actually crack a smile, because you know, you know, he's giving. He's a very serious guy. He's a very serious. He's a really serious guy. Very intelligent guy, like inside and out outside of the ring. So you know, it it was like it was like a feeling out process for all of us involved, right? But I, 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 we we had a really funny class. Like there's at least two, uh, three, four other guys that I still keep in contact with them, and like they're just like really cool, like funny guys. And then I think we all knew we're like, all right, you know, Lance is a serious guy. Mm-hmm. Let's try to crack a smile, right? So, eventually, after that one month happened, uh, something happened during training, and uh, yeah, he, he started he started laughing, and that, that was it. That's all it took, you know. <laughs> and then after that, it was it was, it was cool, right? But he, you know, he's a very serious trainer. He always he always emphasized um, you know the basics. You know what I mean? Basics of pro wrestling, like chain wrestling or running ropes or whatever it is, right? He he was he ensured that uh, everybody that comes out of his school like knows you know the basics of wrestling. So uh, other than that, he was great. Like his facility is, is awesome. He's got like a legit WWE ring in there. First time I ever was in a ring with like legit ropes. You know, like right. Not the boxing ropes. Yeah, no, yeah. no, not like like you know how they're like WCW. They have like the cable yeah. sort of ropes. Yeah. Like 
Uh, super but, tight. <laughs> yeah, super tight. Not not that much spring in it, but like yeah. Uh, let's throw, like I, some of my best times uh, was was spent at um, uh, out in Calgary at, at Storms Academy. Yeah. Um, are there anyone? Uh, is there anyone from that class of yours? Who, I was going like, to ask. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, shout out to Tyler Breeze. What up? You, know? you were in the same uh, class as Tyler yeah, Breeze. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So, uh, how was he like? He, at the time, he's a shy, skinny kid, you know. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he was. He was. He actually grew up uh, about a couple hours outside of where I grew up in BC, in, back in Canada. He was, he was like a small town kid, you know. He was young and eager. <laughs> Like you know, little blonde, short little haircut and stuff. And uh, actually, I've seen photos of that like in his montage before his, yeah. before his NXT call. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, he's pretty dorky. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> nice so, guy though. Super nice guy. Yeah, I'm, I you know I'll still throw him a text here and there and be like you know congrats on like on his, on his, all his success and stuff like that. And like yeah, he's still you know still sort of keeping contact and stuff like that. But yeah, Tyler Breeze. Uh, he was he was pretty much the most notable coming out of uh, out of that class. So what year was that? Like, uh, what years were you in in the Storm Academy? So two two thousand seven, I think. Okay. Yeah, I made my pro debut in February two thousand seven. Who was your first match against? Oh, uh, a fellow by the name of Jr. Trinidad. He's hey. from Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, still a really good friend of mine. Uh, one of the guys that I still keep in contact with. Super funny guy. Uh, he actually he trained in the first class in Lance's first class. Okay. And then first ever. Yeah, class. first ever. Okay. And then he came he came back a year later when I started there. And he he just came back to like help out you know take bumps for Lance and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, as soon as as soon as I met him, like we, we clicked right away and stuff. And uh, yeah, and we still. He was good. He's a super funny guy. He's, he's he's Latino. He's Puerto Rican, right? So he's he's always cracking jokes and stuff. And yeah, man. Uh, so that was yeah. That's my first. I think it was my first match. How was that? How was that experience like? So you're coming from the Storm Wrestling Academy to have your first match. You're debuting. Right. Were you already Billy Suede at the time? Yeah. Yes. I was. I, I took the name Billy Suede uh, while I was training in Vancouver still. So before okay. I came into Calgary. Okay. Uh, man, like, <laughs> you know. Like when wrestlers start out, like they have this, you know, big idea, yeah, yeah. like you know, like lights and who, they, who do you want to be? Yeah, right. <laughs> but like I, like the first match I ever wrestled was somewhere in buttfuck nowhere, Calgary or Alberta, <laughs> in front of like fifteen, twenty people. Man. You know, it's the first match on the card. I got paid five bucks for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And At like, least you, got you got paid. paid yeah. <laughs> you know and. uh it was, it was, it was, I mean, other than that, it was, it was the biggest rush of my life, right? Like, like when your music hits. Exactly. I was yeah. just going to say, like, you're, you know, you're behind that curtain no and then always like, holy smokes, like, this is the music that I picked out for myself, <laughs> you know? And then like, all of a sudden, like, you forget what you, what you, you know, you're gonna do. what you're going to do. And then you're like, oh my God. And then, but I think from that first day t- to now, every time I step through that curtain, it's like a light switch that turns on and like you just you just get into your character and then you become that wrestler that you know whatever idea you have in, in your head and you just go out there and like and you know you, you do your best to uh to do a good show for the for the fans right to the 15 or 20 fans that are out there you know what i mean 
you mentioned that you had this Billy Suede gimmick since your Vancouver days, but who is Billy Suede, or what is the character supposed to be? <laughs> um, well, uh, how am I going to say this? <laughs> well, I can tell you most recently uh, working as the beautiful Billy Suede. Oh. Um, okay. I don't know, uh, you know how a lot of people will borrow certain things from certain wrestlers, people that they look up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will blatantly say that I, I consider myself sort of like the Filipino Ric Flair. Oh. Just okay, okay. Just, I mean, I mean, obviously, I can't even hold a candle to the, 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 the great wrestler that he, he is, right? Yeah. But uh, I guess, like, now, you can just, I guess, I model my stuff out of that. But back, back in the day, I guess, um, I was just, like, the, the playing, like, the underdog. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, of course, uh, being in Vancouver in Canada, like, there's not too many uh, Asian wrestlers out there, right? So you stand out. I, so I said, yeah, no, no, I stand out. Uh, but it was like, I'm pretty much, I was pretty much like the the Ricky Steamboat of Vancouver, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like the only Asian guy on Because you were Asian. Yeah, right? Stereotypes playing to your strengths. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I mean, I had no problem with that. Like, Ricky Steamboat yeah. was, like, you know. Whatever you, makes you, you pop out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different- I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, like a lot of a lot of the guys back home still, they call me, they call me Steams. Like, it's Steams. Steamboat, yeah. That was, that was like much sort of nickname at the time. It wasn't because I had uh, awesome arm, dra- arm drag, but, <laughs> but uh, it was it was the fact that I I, I stood out like uh, compared to everybody else. So you know, and, and like I played that. It was it was fun. It's it was absolutely fun being being able to play a baby face, especially like super baby face. You mm. know what I mean? And like it's sort of easy in a way to sort of get over. You know what I mean? If like if you have a certain look and you're able to play that sort of role, you know. So. Uh, in the beginning, like it, 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 it was fun, and like I, I was able to reap a lot of a, a lot of benefits, I guess. You know what I mean? And um, uh, but yeah, I guess the gimmick was just the the, the underdog. You know, I was, still am probably the smallest guy on the roster back home, right? Compared to everybody else, but uh, yeah, just that whole underdog thing. You know what I mean? Which which was good because it's it easy. It's sort of easy to do. You know what I mean? So what's your style like? Uh, for someone who's never seen a Billy Suede match, what style do you wrestle? Um, well, I was a big fan of like the Japanese uh, strong style. Okay. Uh, back you know back then you know in the late... anyone in particular that oh guys like Kenta, uh, okay. Naomichi Marufuji, okay, some of my generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when Noah was when Noah's when Noah was on top. Yeah, uh, like those guys were huge. Like. I remember I went to I went to like a, a wrestling camp down in uh, Eldon, Missouri, like Midwest uh, U.S. Right, and um, Naomi Marufuji was one of the was one of the clinicians there. Oh, he was yeah. there. Oh. Yeah, because awesome. uh, Harley Race. It was Harley Race's oh, camp. Harley Race's camp. Yeah, oh. Harley Race's camp. Uh, like, I do. I, I have read about those camps, and then yeah. it does get a bit ridiculous with like the people that he pulls in that assisted that. Yeah. Like yeah. he brings in NJPW guys like left and right, Absolutely. and then AJPW guys when he had like some affiliation mm-hmm. with them. Absolutely, yeah, man. So how was your experience uh, going to the camp? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, uh, man. It was uh, what's the term? Uh, Eye opening. You know, uh, it was my first time being in a, in a sort of wrestling camp environment where there was, oh man, there's at least forty guys there, and uh, everybody at the time was under the impression that like because I think 
uh, they always do like some sort of scholarship. Yeah, at the and end then they of send it. and then they send a guy yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Like depending uh, depending on where it is, it's like Japan or excursion, excursion type. Excursion yeah, type absolutely, things. absolutely. So, but for me personally, I was there with uh, some of my really good friends. Uh, I was there. I was down there with the Bollywood boys, um, and uh, Harvin uh, Gerv. yeah, Harvin and. Uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly as well mm. at the time, and I was just there at, like having a good time with 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 my with my buds, you know, like being able to travel with them and like and it's funny because like Elden, Missouri, man, like there's not too many Asian there's dudes. There's not much. There's not much Exactly right. So like I remember we would go break out for lunch and then we go to this like like diner and then like it was almost stereotypical where you see like. Old people with like you know plaid shirts, <laughs> just, just you know it's lounging. Yeah, they're just lounging there, staring at these big dudes just walked exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then you see like twenty, thirty, like big you know wrestler looking dudes walk in, and they're all like, oh, I look what the cat uh, you know dragged in. And then all of a sudden they see me, <laughs> a Asian dude. Two brown, like East Indian guys, yes. and then it's, it's alright to call them brown. Don't yeah, okay. Well, we get two the, the people, the listeners get it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> two brown guys, and then a white guy, and there was also a black dude with us. His name's Brandon Marino. Okay. Uh, he was a good friend of ours as well. So we were like, you know, the like the odd bunch, right? And they they just it was like almost like you know like midway where they're eating and, then and they, they stop. stop and they're like, <laughs> like well what the hell we got here you know and it's it was so it's midwest missouri yeah what well, we got here exactly yeah so it was it was it was it was quite the experience down there but nonetheless it was it was super fun like you know all the five of us we all like crammed into like one uh hotel room you know and like it was good it was a good bonding session and like to this day, like I'm still like really good friends with all those guys. So how long? How long was that for? How long was that? Go? That was only what maybe three or four days. Oh, I think. Okay. Yeah, they would they would run camp. Like I said, Naramuji Marufuji was there. Takeshi Morishima was there. Remember that guy, yeah. the big dude, yeah. right? Retired now. Yeah. yeah, the big dude Brian Russell. Ricky Steamboat was, was there, there training. Wow. That was I was like that was that was that was it. I was was like, that after oh. his WrestleMania appearance, the last one? Uh, I think it was no, I think it was before. Oh yeah. Nice. So he was still in, in wrestling shape back then. He was. You know what? He was. Like he had that big barrel chest, you know, like you know, salt and pepper hair and stuff. <laughs> and like but he was like he was he was amped, man. Like he would he would like go into the ring and stuff like that and like show us some stuff and like, you know, like yo. Rick, like, take it easy, right? <laughs> but, uh, but that was... Don't kill him. Yeah, yeah. What did you do when you first met him? You know, steamboat to steamboat. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, hey, how's it going, sir? Nice to meet you, you know, give him the worker handshake and stuff. And, like, uh, it was it was, it was super cool being able to, like, meet, like, Fu- Mer- uh, Fuji and uh, uh, Steamboat, and, like, all in, like, you know, span of, like, three, four days, right? And, like, you know, they taught some good stuff. And, like, Steamboat was, like, really sort of talking about how they did stuff in, in the WWE and, like, how, how that operated. And, like, and it, it, it was awesome. And then, of course, meeting Harley Race was... That was unbelievable, man. Like, this dude, like, this old guy, just, like, this still legend. going. Yeah. He, like, talks like this and, like, has a cigarette in his mouth. Yo, like, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy, uh, that whole experience, yeah. Um, you mentioned that... You keep mentioning how you stand out because you're Asian, but is being Asian or being Filipino something you incorporated into your gimmick, or is that something that you just let speak for itself? 
Um, I think it's more so I just let it speak for myself. Like, out, like when I was when I broke in and stuff like that, especially being in like, like you know, Canada or Vancouver, and like we're we're like you know we're we're considered pretty multicultural out there, right? Yeah. So I di- I didn't really want to sort of use that as as a gimmick, like oh I'm this Filipino guy, you know, like why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I sort of, I sort of just wanted my my wrestling my wrestling to speak for itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't really want to go into that the whole you know nationality or like Asian thing. You know, I was just like, I was just don't stereotype it. Yeah, exactly. yeah I'm sure it, it was also because, uh, as you said, Vancouver being a multicultural city, mm-hmm. uh, they got it anyway. Yeah, regardless it's, of it's no surprise. It. It's like it's no surprise. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just amazing, dude. Like, it's, it looks like the dude that you know that lives beside me or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah so, um, I just yeah, I just I just sort of you know just didn't really. I, I just sort of just let my wrestling and my work rate like sort of just speak for itself. Yeah. And and how was your family's reaction like when you got into the industry? Like, how, did they support it? Were they uh, reluctant? Are okay. they expecting you to be on TV or anything? So my mom, right? She, like, okay. So sorry, do they know how the business works? Um, no, <laughs> wow. not really. Not wow. really. Wow. They they don't know like from a worker standpoint. They don't know how. They all all they see is well, all my mom sees is me getting body slammed and like. You know, she's like, oh, like, and I, like, you know, what I mean? like, yeah, what, I what do you do? Yeah, I like, all right. Uh, but the thing, with, okay, so the thing, Filipino mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> the thing with my mom is, is like, what the first time I got my ear pierced, she's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, blah blah. Next day, she's like, oh, you know what? That kind of looks nice on you. <laughs> <laughs> same thing with my rest. Same thing with wrestling. Like she, I told her, mom, this is what I'm gonna be doing. You know, I like, quit school and so you do. And uh, she's like, oh, you know, you're gonna get hurt, blah blah blah. And then the day I came back with, you know, I, I, I won, like, some, like, title or something like that. Oh, that's awesome. And then, okay. I, and then I showed her the belt. And she's like, oh, really? And then she, she would start taking pictures. <laughs> start telling her, start telling her, like, her, her sister friends, yeah. and her friends. Like, oh, my son's a champion. And stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> with my dad. Uh, this Here's a quick little story. My dad was obviously against it, right? Yeah. It, oh, he not, was. Yeah. Not, not because, like, I would have gotten hurt or anything like that. But he's just more like, oh, what are you doing with your life? Like, you should be blah, 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 right? And then... You la- have a steady job. Exactly, right? Later on, uh, like, as, as, like, my career progressed, all of a sudden, he tells me the story of how when he immigrated to Vancouver, him and his buddies would go watch the local, uh, local pro wrestling shows. How they would, like, you know, g- get on a bus... Right. Go travel to New Westminster, which was yeah. a city just outside of Vancouver, and Not they would, far. yeah, and they would go watch like the pro wrestling there, and how much, and like he told me, he's like, yeah, you know, me, me, and your uncle would go down and like watch it, and like we would always stay in the get back drunk. because, yeah, they would get hammered, stay in the back because they're scared of like the wrestlers and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm like, Dad, like, like, why didn't you tell me, like, and, you know, like, why are you always telling me blah, blah, blah? Well, and then, he, you know, obviously he's just being, like, a concerned parent and stuff like that, right? But uh, It's always about what makes money and what doesn't make money, right? Yeah, right? Uh, but, you know, deep down, you know, I'm pretty sure deep down inside, like, my dad, both my dad and my mom, like, you know. Uh, they are very happy. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're seeing that, like, I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing. So that's, that's I guess, what they, you know. Just that's the, the dream. Yeah. They just, they just want to see their son happen. It really is a dream. Parents, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents are upstairs probably thinking, when's my son going to debut? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, always, 
Yeah. Well, I was always telling me, so it's a good thing you're in the Philippines right now because you can find a wife and stuff. <laughs> no, you Lord. No, you found Lord. wrestling. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's take it back to your career. So your mm-hmm. career is taking you everywhere from Calgary to Elden, Missouri. Um, when the 2010s picked up, like, where did you find yourself? Like, which promotions did you work with, or who did, who uh, were you working with at the time? Yeah, uh, you know, I did I did a couple road trips down to to the U.S., uh, Oregon. Um, did some stuff down in uh, I think it was California as well, uh, but the 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 furthest trip I've been uh, was Australia. Okay. Um, I uh, back in 2012, uh, I was here in the Philippines for a wedding. Uh, I stayed here for about a month, and then uh, at that time when I when I said uh, like I, you know how I like to take uh, open open tickets right yeah yeah uh, I booked myself an open ticket to uh, Australia. Which Pick, part of Australia? Uh, I landed in Melbourne. Okay, Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I got myself a work holiday visa so I could stay there for about a year. Mm. Mm. And uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with another Filipino wrestler. His name's Car- uh, Carlo Cash Money Cannon. Oh, no. I, I'm no, not heard of him. Okay. Well, you guys, you guys, there. he's from Melbourne. Yeah, we'll you guys should know him. You guys should know him. He is, he's like my barcada for life, man. Like, he, <laughs> he uh, I messaged him on Facebook because he was uh, part of Lance's first class as well. Oh, okay. okay. Right? Cool. And he's, he's... Oh, he's Canadian and he went to Australia. No, he's, he's Australian. Oh, he's Australian. Yeah, he went Australia. to Canada. He, yeah, he came Damn. to Canada. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's far. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's far. Right? He's Australian, so it's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was in uh, Storm's first class and that's how we... That's, that was where our, our, our commonality was. And then I... So out of the blue, I just messaged him. Haven't talked to him before at all. And then... I so I told him I was like, hey man, you know uh, I'm I graduated from Storms. I'm gonna be in Australia for a bit. Just wondering if you can, uh, you know, help you know, just show me around for a bit. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. He does tenfold. He comes, picks me up from the airport, he, and he lets me stay at his place for like two weeks, like at his parents' place. Because uh, at the time I had a friend that was living in Melbourne, but she was traveling. Mm. So and so uh, she wasn't there at the time when I when I flew in. So, so it's like, and it's pre Airbnb. This is pre Airbnb, exactly, yeah. right? And uh, it's fu- it's awesome. Like so Carlo is like this, you know, Filipino dude. He's like he's built like a tank, <laughs> right? He likes to wear a lot of uh, a lot of tank tops, like gold jeans tank tops. Okay. And he's got like a mohawk and it's usually colored, right? Okay. So uh, I kinda knew a picture I had a pic- you know, a picture in my mind through Facebook. And then, so I'm, I'm at the airport waiting, you know, sitting down, waiting. Like, I get a text from him or whatever. He's like, okay, bro, I'm going to come pick you up. And all of a sudden, I see, like, this mohawk, like, walking, <laughs> through the, walking through the crowd. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's him. As soon as we, like, he had sunglasses on, but as soon as we locked eyes, like, smiles right away. Like, we click, like, super instantly. Like, maybe because we're Filipino, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> but, easy. like, yeah, right? Uh, as soon as we saw each other, like, we clicked. And, like, he, yeah, he took care of me when I was down there. Um, he actually, he, right now he runs his own school out there. It's called Vicious Pursuit. Shout outs to Vicious Pursuit. Uh, so and but when he first started, uh, that's when I when I when I was there. So like when he started school, like he didn't have a facility. We he had a ring. He had a high spots ring that he bought. Okay, and he stored it at this like. Abandoned like elementary school, like in, in somewhere. Huh. Like, like, yeah, there's an idea. Yeah, yeah. Right? abandoned and, elementary school. Yeah, 
Marami ganyan dito. <laughs> I think you know a few in Laguna. There you go, right? Uh, and like, one day I was like, yo, man, what do you guys do for training? He's like, oh, well, we have this ring, but we don't really have a place to, to, to set it up. But he's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's just set it up like at, um, on the school ground. So that's what we did. Like middle of Australian summer, right? Yeah. Oh god, it's that's, like that's scorching. Yeah, like 30, 40 that's degrees, scorching. right? It's Australian sun. So we're out there. There's like myself, Carlo, his girlfriend at the time, and then two of his uh, his trainees, and we were all there, and his dad. <laughs> and so we're all there. We're setting up this ring in the. There's no shade, so we're in the we're in the fucking. Blazing sun, <laughs> and we just started to roll around, you know, and like it was, it was, it was a first for me, but you know, like it, it was awesome, and we did that maybe like twice, and then later on in that year, he found he found a spot, and then he st- and then he started getting like guys uh, to join his, his school, and then I sort of like I was like, hey Carlo, like do you mind if I just help you guys out? Like and he's like, yeah, for sure. Like we, you know, we were cut from the same cloth, like we were both uh, uh, trained at uh, Storms, so we know the. We know what you know. We both know what we're going to be teaching. So yeah, I pretty much it was like he was Lance Storm, and then I was you know his helper. You know what I mean? So like I you know obviously he was taking bumps and all that sort of stuff, right? But you know I was, I, I was like super happy to like help him out, you know, and like the how it's grown now, it's it's crazy. Like he's got like ten times as the amount of trainees and stuff, and like he's doing really good. It's program down there, and like yeah, he's doing really well for himself. So. Make you spent a year. Uh, you spent a year in Australia. Yeah. So what did you do in that year? Did you like get a lot of bookings, or how did yeah. you, how did you get around? Yeah. So Carlo Carlo helped me. He hooked me up with uh, with MCW Melbourne uh, City Wrestling out there, okay. and uh, I had maybe maybe five or six shows with them, and they're you know they were just all like you know mid card matches or anything like that. I think one of the matches I had was like a main event. It was like a big six man or something like that, and. Uh, there's oh man, this is one time, and this was another first for me. I uh, we wrestled in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, so how's that like? Okay, so it's, it's, it's another this, idea. Yeah, is this, is this at the in the basement of a Chinese no, restaurant? No, no, no. In the middle of it's, a Chinese restaurant. Okay, so it's it's called the Dragonfly. I think it's called the Dragonfly. Okay. And they're like, yeah. So our next show is going to be at this Chinese restaurant, I'm like <laughs> legit Chinese restaurant. So yeah, 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 legit Chinese. So we go there. The ring's already set up. It's in the middle of the restaurant. Holy shit. So they moved out the tables, but they still had tables around. <laughs> Not only did they have tables, but they were still serving dinner. So like Chinese laureate dinners. Yes. Are being yes. served while a wrestling show yes. is taking place. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm, There's I, an idea. <laughs> I can totally Gloria make Madison. money out of this now. Gloria Madison. I know, right? <laughs> I step wow. out. I step out of the curtain. I'm smelling fried rice and fucking sweet with sweet salad pork, man. And I'm like wrestling. I'm like wrestling in the chair. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was. It was. It was quite the experience. It was awesome. You know, first for me and like. This isn't like one of those small ass like low ceiling Chinese. No. Restaurants. No. Yeah. No. 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 That's the thing. It's like because you know Chinese restaurants in Australia. Yeah. Not all the time. It's like they're not the big ones. So. Right. Like, I'm imagining like the one in Men in Black. Like right. Not that Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like a little hole in the wall. It was like it was actually like pretty big place. And stuff, no, so. you're mad, so though. Yeah. yeah. So, right. what, what's the craziest venue you've ever performed at? I think that Chinese <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was that. Like the most like bizarre or yeah. like out of place, you know, venue was probably that. Um, I've I've wrestled in a lot of venues where you know it was like small like low ceilings yeah and like again in front of like you know ten fifteen people 
Uh, but in terms of like things standing out like that, probably the Chinese restaurant in Melbourne was yeah that was that was probably the strangest one. Yeah. So when did you figure out that it was time to leave Australia and like go back home? Uh, well, after a year there, I guess you can say I got a little homesick. I guess I don't know. It was either that or like my visa ran out, and then you know I was running low on funds and stuff like that. And then obviously, technically, technically I couldn't like work right because my visa was running out. Right, so yeah. Um, yeah. So I just you know decided to just go back home, uh, which was pretty good timing because at the time, uh, like I was telling you guys before, with uh, this place called the Commodore Ball, uh, Commodore Ballroom, which is yeah. pretty much uh, the that, that, that rings a bell. Yeah, Commodore Ballroom. Yeah. yeah. It's like the most iconic uh, live music venue in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, they, ECCW, the promotion I've been working for, they uh, were able to run a show there. Nice. And then it, I think it was in like January, end of January. So then I flew back like beginning of January, found out about it, you know, messaged the booker. And I was like, look, you better put me on this fucking show. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, you know, like, I'm going to get pissed, right? So came back. They, they were like, yeah, cool, we'll put you on the show. Came back and then uh, you know we st- I started uh, just getting back into the scene again uh, in the in the Vancouver scene, which is great because yeah the first Commodore Ballroom show that like it really boosted like the interest of like of like the people in Vancouver you in know? the city yeah. yeah just like I mean the scene like any independent scene anywhere you go it's, it's always like a little sort of small you uh, start small and then you. There's that one moment where it just boom. Yeah, hits. exactly. And I think for for that promotion, it was that running that Commodore Ballroom, uh, running that venue. Just like I said, we 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 ran I think six or seven shows since then. All of them have been pretty good draws, and like it's good because it's, it's like right in this in the downtown area. Everybody nice, knows the name. Nice part of the neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely nice part of the neighborhood. Like in a, pretty much in the entertainment district, everybody knows the name of the Commodore Ballroom. Uh, so it was good. We had like a lot of like non wrestling fans that came through, or like a lot of wrestling fans that were kids, but then never really watched it as adults. And they go, "Oh yeah, fucking crazy!" There's you know local wrestling and stuff. Right? What's so, the capacity of the Commodore Ballroom? Just out of curiosity, uh, for people, I, f- I believe it's nine nine hundred fifty. Yeah, nine fifty before you know before like, the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but you know, it's yeah. it's known to like cram in there at least twelve hundred fifty. Yeah. I've, I've been to shows there where it's like packed packed and like sweaty and stuff so, yeah. <laughs> so you, you were living the dream uh, you were traveling and you were also getting to work at the places you went to like, yeah especially here right you, yeah you were just here for a vacation then you found us and you got to work so how, how I just want to ask how, how did that happen how do you support how do you support yourself and you know find that many resources to to go around because I think that's a dream for a lot of us here thanks because I was trying to find the way to ask that question <laughs> Without um, coming off as, you know, a dick. You know, no, was no, I? No, 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 you weren't exactly. No, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, well, I mean, I can only, again, I can only speak for my own personal uh, experience, experience, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think for me, getting getting to travel and, like, visit certain places is, like, is, like has always been, like, a dream of mine. Getting to wrestle on top of that is like you know the cherry on top, right? Because it's obviously something that we all love doing. It's gravy. Uh, yeah, right. So I think most of the time it's just you, you got to do whatever you got to do, right? For me, it was like I worked. I was working maybe two, three jobs at the time, mm. you know, uh, and then just being able to like save up that money to uh, to to go and travel. And uh, I I think it's like for me it's like okay I have a plan, right? Like. 
I want to be traveling, I want to be doing this sort of stuff, whatever it is, whether it's traveling or saving up for a house, saving up for a family, whatever, whatever it is, you know what I mean? I, I found that as long as you just have a plan and you stick to it, and, and if that plan is, you know, congruent to whatever, whatever, however you want to live your life, then, like, if there's, if there's a, if there's a will, then there's a way, you know what I mean? If you guys know, you know, so, like, yeah, it was just me just saving up money and, um, having this plan in my head and being like, okay, I, it, if it, you know, yeah, okay, take, it costs X amount of dollars to get a plane ticket, it's gonna cost X amount of dollars to support myself, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, along the way with, like, Australia, it's like, okay, I can get a, I can get a work holiday visa. That, that'll help me supplement, you know, my, my stay there, right? So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, it's just, you just got to figure out whatever, whatever you got to do to go do what you want to do. That's right? fair. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? So it actually takes some planning to be a legit drifter. <laughs> yes, and I'm glad that you said drifter because being... A drifter is just, I don't know, like, if you if you ask, you know, I'm probably, like, compared to, like, a lot of my other friends that travel and stuff like that, on a scale of, like, 1 to 10, I'm probably, like, around, like, a maybe, like, a 5 or, like, a 4 or something like that in terms of, like, traveling around and being, like, that sort of backpacker drifter type dude, right? Uh, I've known guys, like, friends of mine that are, like, at a 9 where, like, they've traveled, like, so many other places and I'm just like, geez, how do you guys do that? Yeah. I'm asking the same questions you guys are asking me, right? Yeah. So, but then they, they say the same thing. It's like, they have, like, this love or whatever it is for what they want to do. It just so happens to be traveling. Um, so, you know, again, you just gotta do... It's not enough to just have a guitar and a black leather vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the little hobo stick with yeah. you know, like, a little bag. I mean... You could, you could, you know, it just depends on how, you know, how much you want to spend a day and like, uh, you know, how you live within your means and stuff like that, right? So when you were driving out here, you mentioned that you had a bit of an uphill climb, like, you know, being Asian and having this body type. Yeah, and and um, we he's not that small though. I mean, he's uh, not, super, he's not, not small, small at all. Yeah, but you know, like relative <laughs> thanks to John Cena's of the world, yeah, sure, we're at sure. a disadvantage physically. Yeah. So you mentioned that it was an uphill climb for you, but yeah. you also mentioned that given uh, the renaissance of the cruiserweight division, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's been easier for guys like us. Yeah. So how's that been for you? Like, what's your outlook on on um, the change in the wrestling landscape today? Right. Yeah. So I mean. Like, like we all, we can all agree before the the change with like the cruise rates and all that other stuff, like there was no chance for like guys like you know myself and like other smaller guys, right? Like, like the only option was probably like go to Japan or like Mexico or something like that. Like, but was that an option for you? Like, is that yeah, something you absolutely actually wanted to do? Absolutely, like going to Japan was one of my was one of my things. Like, I wanted to do that, um, but I guess at the time, uh, and I don't want to make it sound like there are excuses or anything like that. But like you know, injuries happen, you know. Oh, yeah. And then at the time, you know, I was gearing up, ready to go, you know, really heavily training and stuff like that. And then some freak accident happens and then you're on the shelf for like, you know, X amount of months. Right. And then I guess on top of that sort of like life sort of like happens as well. You know, like uh, sometimes indie wrestling doesn't pay the bills. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and then true. Sometimes, and so like, you know, when you're on the shelf like that, you got to think of other options to support yourself, you know. And uh, so, you know, your your path sort of, like, you know, takes detours here and there, right? And so you got to, like, go back to the drawing board and, like, figure a new right. plan out, right? Yeah. But fast-forwarding now with, like, the whole, you know, cruiserweight division coming up, 
I mean, like guys like the Bollywood Boys, you know, they're out next NXT right now. Yeah. Back like two, three years ago, people would be laughing at them, be like, "Yo, you guys aren't going to the WWE. There's no, <laughs> there's no way." Now look at them, right? Yeah. Because you're right. Because like, I think it's because the whole the indie scene, right? There's like all, all most of the guys on the indie scene were like, I was surprised to figure out that they were like, you know, not that much taller than my than me. Maybe they're maybe a little bit heavier than me. Mm-hmm. But you know, not not uh, by WWE standards at all. You know, the difference wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, exactly. It's negligible. Like when you when you're in the ring with them. Right, exactly. But now, just like the talent that is coming out of the indies nowadays, like oh, God, the WWE can't even they, they can't deny it. Right, like a big company like that. They're they getting them. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why they're that's why they're all calling them up. You know, and it's mean? not just it's not just them. It's also NJPW. Yeah, exactly. It's also, it's also these other players, and then, and then you have guys like PWG that are built off of the backs of those guys. Exactly. Right. So, I guess that that whole the whole indie scene and just the way things are now with the way the wrestling scene is, like there are those opportunities that are that are popping up. You know what I mean? Would you say that um, as an ind- individual performer, though, that business has really improved since then, since this boom? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean. Just, just the popularity of, of, of pro wrestling and like how it's reaching more people, um, it's definitely like contributing to uh, the popularity of, of pro wrestling in general. You know, um, like back home, for example, uh, a lot, of, a lot of our independent shows, like maybe like five, six years ago, we have small crowds and stuff like that, and they're they're, they're all consisted of just like wrestling fans. But nowadays, then you get you know. We get like you know hipster type dudes coming to the shows. <laughs> hey, those you know, BC kids, right? those BC kids. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> you know, dudes with big beards and all hey. that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it, where they come from. You know, they're they're coming in and you know, oh, it's pro wrestling. This is cool. And blah, blah blah. This and that. So, which is great because it's you know we're we're, we're reaching out to like bigger audiences, which is what we want. You know, we want to you know we, we want to be selling more tickets so that put butts in seats. Put butts in seats exactly, so that we can further you know. Uh, carry the carry the pro wrestling uh, further on, you know. So let me ask you something yeah. though. Uh, you've been doing this for almost ten years. Ten years this year, right? Yeah, uh, it's gonna, you know what? It's going to be ten years uh, this Sunday. Oh, oh, Lord, yo, oh, oh hey, yeah. that, that's, that's a coincidence. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah, me let, too. Let me just say happy tenth anniversary. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, on yeah, but on, on that note, though, on that <laughs> yeah. note, yeah. Uh, it's been ten. It's gonna be ten years this Sunday, this week. Yeah. Uh, what is your uh, overarching career goal at this moment? Because you're everywhere right now. Um, you're right. Tra- you travel. You went to Australia. You went to here to the Philippines. Uh, what are you trying to accomplish now in your career at this stage of your career? Um, well, obviously the again, like what we touched upon with the whole cruise rate division and all that sort of stuff. You know, the oper- the window of opportunity is 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 a little bit better than it was before. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I you know like I guess like where we are, where I am right now, my career is you know right here, right now, like in the Philippines, you know. Uh, mm. Before, mm. before, like, okay, let me let, let me explain. Before, before, we're, we're intrigued. We're intrigued. Before coming here, right? When yeah. I was when I was planning stuff out, and then I found out about PWR and that sort of stuff. You know, I could, I, I always asked myself, I was like, I could, I could always, you know, take this money and this time that I'm spending 
putting towards coming here and like I could easily just you know make my way out to Orlando or make my way out to, to Philly and like work with you know companies like ROH or something like that but for some reason I was like you know what no like and like you know I'm a big believer of like you know carving your own path and like doing doing what you gotta do like, to whatever you feel you gotta do right like while while everybody in the indie scene is trying to make it to one place I figured I'm gonna go this way just so like f- I guess for like my personal reasons you know what I mean like besides traveling or whatever blah 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 coming to the Philippines I love the Philippines by the way like I love coming here anyways uh, why don't I just like you know take this little detour contribute whatever I can you know to to the scene out here and see what happens after that you know what I mean like I've re- like coming here I was just like man like there's there's a huge like I in my, in my eyes there's 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 a young and up, upcoming scene here in, in the Philippines and like I remember watching like videos PWR and stuff like you get your like your fans are just like <laughs> Are you, I think coming, are you coming to the show? Yeah, he's coming Sunday? to the show. I, okay, I, hope, okay. I hope so. I, hope to, I think he's to coming see, to the show. I hope to see, like... We're not, we're not training on Sunday. That's, 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 that's okay, for sure. Is that, that's that was sure. happening? Okay, so... Sure. Yeah, hopefully hopefully I can make it out there. We'll okay, see you wouldn't happens. know until you actually get the fan experience where you hear all yeah. the unique but chants. Good God. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I was just like, man, this is, like... This is, this is, this is pretty, pretty cool. You know, what you guys got going on here. And there's, like... Uh, you know, I just I just sort of felt like I, I, I wanted to be a part of it. You know, me being Filipino and stuff. I was like, man, this is this this is this is fulfilling my needs as you know my personal you know like loves and passions and stuff like that all in one. You know, uh, rather than taking that sort of other path. You know, what I mean, I feel me personally, I feel this is this could be way more rewarding. You know what I mean? In, in my in my eyes. You know. That is so zen, man. Yeah. We have a good I'm, guy over there. Yeah. We have a great you, guy. One thing you guys don't know about Billy Sway is that he's a very zen ah. type guy. <laughs> you know, we have super, a zen master. Yeah, I, well, I don't know about a master, but I, I come from the West Coast of Vancouver. Hey, hey, Everybody's hey. super chill. You know, there's certain things out there. Uh, that you know help out with the <laughs> hey. Hey. Yes. you know what I mean yes. and like uh, weird. Uh, I, I, I you know like yes. I, Billy Suede is an advocate and a connoisseur of, of certain things <laughs> and, without uh, saying anything in the interest of Billy Suede's safety yeah. and welfare in this country you cannot name climate you cannot name right. any of those things right right. But we're talking about yoga guys yeah yoga yoga, yoga. yoga. absolutely healthy guys I'm a huge mm. yoga enthusiast <laughs> alright now we're just about to wrap up here and we're trying Red not to get ourselves killed <laughs> so let me ask you um, yeah. uh, who's your favorite wrestler of all uh, time and what's your favorite match of all time good lord uh, we ask this to everyone man. right don't worry I, I've like, do I have to like number them off? Or, no, up to you, man. Up to you. Like, because like, I'm not gonna hold you, you back. If you can go number one, or if it's a list okay. of five. So okay, so number one, close, very, very closely followed up by number two. So number one would be the Nature Boy Ric Flair, right. but very, very closely is the Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, I like you so much more now. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, like oh yeah. I mean, Flair just because. He can wrestle a broomstick and make it look good, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it, I don't know. I just love, I love that era of wrestling. Like, the Four Horsemen, like, 
like uh like Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, yeah. Yeah, oh, we said it at the same time. Yeah, we no. said it at the same time. We're gonna be such are we good so, friends. Are we soulmates here, buddy? Or what's going on here? Wait, is Arn your number three? Was that? Is Arn your number Arne, three? Arn is definitely up in the top five. Uh, and then going on to like Macho Man, like he's just the like he's the epitome of pro wrestling being out like what it is like to me because to me pro wrestling is just one of the most outrageous things yeah. ever. And he was. And he, exactly. And he was. He was just this intense character inside and outside of the ring, you know? But, like, at the same time, he was, like, if if it's if this makes sense, he was, he was like, the most professional guy, yeah. in my opinion, you know what I mean? Because, like, he, in terms of, like, being a professional wrestler, like, you know, working that gimmick and stuff like that, uh, it, it, it is just, and it just even the, the contrast, like, I don't know if, this is probably like going really detailed, but like, there's this one WWE film or something like that where they showed like behind the scenes stuff, and there's an actual like clip of, I think it's in Macho Man's DVD, where he's running promos, but then the camera's not rolling, but like it's still on him, yeah. and like, you could see him like running his lines through his through his head, and like it's just like, because like it's just I guess that they caught him at just like. A regular moment where like he's out of his gimmick and stuff like that just so so just seeing that contrast to what his character is i don't know to me it's like like it's 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 really it's really interesting to see that i think that's one of the things that i got into wrestling for is because these guys play these larger than life characters but then behind you know in regular like they're just regular guys you know something about that appeals to me like being able to play that character but then also being just like a regular person you know what I mean like you're able to compartmentalize yeah yeah exactly I think I I think I watched like some Wrestlemania DVD where like the first time I saw like behind the scenes it was like Triple H against Booker T or something like that and then you see like sort of behind the scenes of you know those two guys like working out their match and that was like the first time that blew my mind this is before I started working as as a wrestler I was like holy holy shit man like these guys are just I don't know something about that just just I don't know. Just, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know if that um, that might sound weird. I don't know, but yeah. Now, what's your all-time favorite match? Uh, the one match you keep going back to, like that, that, that. If you have to have a happy place in wrestling, uh, like I think I think the obvious one would be uh, WrestleMania three Macho Man uh, against Ricky Steamboat. But the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. yeah. But I think for some odd reason, any match with the Brainbusters involved, like Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, because in my opinion, again, like I said, I love that era of wrestling. Yeah. In my opinion, like those two, especially in tag team wrestling, those two guys are aces. Yeah, Absolutely. they're fucking bosses. Like you can see it now in the revival. Like yes. those guys are just such a throwback, and they do they do it so well. Like to me. That's what heel tag team wrestling is, is supposed to be. Brainbusters, uh, the revival. You know what I mean? Just like they're not flashy dudes. They, you know, they look like they look like those old school type wrestlers, like big barrel chested, like you know, guts and stuff like that. Or like your Angastito, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they just, they, I don't know, like and and like like Arn Anderson's work rate is just so unbelievable. Like when he stomps a guy. It looks like he's stomping the shit out of him, right? <laughs> but like, you know, he's such a great worker that like, you know, it's, it's yeah, right. 
not to like, you know try to kayfabe that, but like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. No. Most of the guys who listen to this podcast are in on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It, but in Internet. Ter- yeah. <laughs> in, in, in terms of like techni- te- uh, technical, uh, technical technicality and like uh, from a worker standpoint, like watch like I'll watch like Brainbusters versus Rockers, like classic tag team matches, like the way tag team matches should should go. And like to me, that just makes me all feel giddy, giddy inside. I'm just like, dude, this is like, this is like craftsmanship right here. You know what I mean? So, um, I think, yeah, I think those would probably be some and, of my favorite matches. And to wrap that one up, uh, what's the most? What's your most favorite match that you've been in? That I've been in so yeah. far. Oh, there, there, there's a lot, but. Whenever, if I had to name one, name one there's uh, back in t- I don't know something like 2011 or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, me, myself, and Kyle O'Reilly had a match before he left onto his whole big indie run. Because uh, at that time, like he was already a boss, and like when you get to work, guys like that, like their caliber, it's so easy. Like, like literally, I just. You know, we go in there, talk about a couple things, but then as soon as we step in the ring, like he takes care of me, like I'm this little kid. You know what I mean? Like I'm like I'm his son. Like it's so crazy. Like I just sit, I sit in the passenger seat. He takes the wheel, and boom, we go off. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's so e- like it's easy. Like I don't I don't have to like think twice about things whenever I, when when I when I work with him. I think I worked him like a handful of times, right? And every single time, it just got better and better. And, like, to me, that's when I found out. I was like, okay, this is what, you know, if you get you get to a certain level where, like, you know, working a match that becomes this easy. Uh, but, to, you know, to, to, like, the fans, it, you know, it might look like this crazy match. But, like, b- between me and Kyle, it's just like, man, this is, this is, this is the way... Like, can we? Can I work like this all the time? Like, please, like you is... get as as a wrestler, you get a, a lot of those opponents. Like, can yeah, you work him all the time, please. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I, I've obviously wrestled a whole bunch of guys that are like that, but I think one that stands out is, is with Kyle and like because he's he's, he, he, I he's mean, amazing. He's, I'm yeah, that yeah, yeah, you know we don't want to toot his fucking horn or anything like that. But you've already been champion and all that, right? <laughs> Yo, I I got him. I got him at Wrestle Kingdom this last one. Yeah, this last one in Japan. I was just yeah. like. Watching him work, it's like you know he's good. Yeah. And then you still like while you're watching him, you just try to figure out. I, I still don't know why, but yeah. it's so simple with him. Yo, he it's, he like it because he likes to do. He likes to incorporate a lot of M- MMA, yes, stuff. MMA stuff. He, have you guys seen him in Kushida? Yes. That, that was kid. oh god. Oh my oh god. god! Like, are you just kidding me? Like, like the way the way they. Worked in. I think that was a G one. That was a G one match. Yeah, yeah, it was a G one. And 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 uh, and if, I'm sure it was also a junior heavyweight match. Yeah, yeah. like they they the way they fuse because I think Kushida like I think he like does like jujitsu or something like mm. that. He does. He's, he's an underrated. Yeah. Oh man, like you get, you get those two guys together, like it's it's just so it was just I don't know. They had the recipe, you know what I mean? And it was it, it was it was it was awesome and fun to watch. So. 
I guess just to uh, bookend everything, um, you, you mentioned yourself that the wrestling scene here is just growing, it's, yeah. it's young, it's vibrant. Yeah. What is that one message you could pass on to the, the aspiring wrestlers oh, yeah. or the current wrestlers or even those people on their couch who are like, I'm not sure if I should go for it, but I kind of want to. Especially those who, um, you, you walked in boot camp last Sunday and yeah. we were in the middle of starting a new batch, right? So, yeah. uh, especially those guys who are just starting out in their wrestling training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think... Oh man, if if you know whatever level of seriousness or whatever whatever you want to put into uh, into this wrestling thing, like make sure it's like one hundred ten percent, you know, and like you know, make sure that you have love for what you do, and uh, you know, be 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 a student, be a student of your craft, you know, like. Whatever it is, whether whether you go watch watch videotape or you know go to go to a seminar or like whatever it is, you know, just try try to try to do one hundred percent of whatever you can do. You know, you, you get what you put in. You know, with with anything in life, uh, same thing goes with pro wrestling and like and also you know have fun with it. You know, because that's what that's what pro wrestling is all about. Like I, right? End of the day, it's all about just having fun and like, but you know. As well, taking it seriously and like making sure that, uh, you know that that you're you're doing well with your craft. You know what I mean, and you're putting that 110 percent into it. So, all right, uh, thank you very much, the beautiful Billy Swade. Thank you, thank you guys. Hey, we hope to see you on hey. Sunday on your 10th anniversary. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I can get yeah, I can get oh. a ticket or something like that. If you guys yeah, can hook me up with a ticket, that'd you be know, great. just just find me. I'm I'm. I'm I yeah, work in the door. I work with. Okay. No, no, probably not the door. No, not the I'll door. Find near the door. Near the door. Okay, near so door. I'll, I'll find you and I'll probably, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll no see if you can slip me in through the back or something like that. No, don't worry. Okay. The, the venue, the venue's pretty okay. Yeah. Thanks, Billy Swade. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thank you. Big, big thanks once again to the beautiful Billy Swade. If you see him at the next PWR show, that's Path of Gold, by the way, don't be afraid to say hi. I'm sure he'll be nice enough to say hi back. Right. Uh, speaking of Path of Gold, it's taking place on Sunday. That's February 26th at Sunday, 2 p.m. Sunday, Sunday. at the Pioneer Unilab Bayanihan Center. Uh, it's, again, it's along Pioneer, uh, Pioneer Street yeah. in Mandaluyong. Parking is free. Food isn't. But there are a lot of food establishments nearby. Is those Ingobernables de Pinas? Ingo, Ingoburitos. Ingoburitos. That's, that's giving infringement, man. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Is it coming back? I think... I think it is. I think it is. Now, we'll have to I'm ask sure. the, the sole proprietor. Mr. Angelo. Yes. Mr. Angelo. Uh, I, I heard he's a little less scoopal than yeah. some other guys. So yeah. By, by the way, a certain general manager isn't even watching the match he's put together. Oh no, I'm actually scouting. I'm on a scouting trip this weekend in Taiwan. Lul Mo. Who's in Taiwan? Lul Mo. Who's in Taiwan? Not family in Taiwan, man. No, no there is a wrestling like, scene like, in Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. yeah yes. yes. Okay. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Shut up. My, my, my personal time. My personal time. <laughs> Do you have a representative watching or at least yeah. videotaping? Uh, don't you have like uh, a recorded message? No, 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 no. Don't, you, don't you have like a cousin in the, in the in the company? I'm gonna put a laptop there, <laughs> and when it buzzes, you know I'm watching. <laughs> anyway, rehashing that gimmick though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter if there's anything you need, like a discount for the PWR tickets. It's fine. We'll totally give those out. It's oh. at Roizwar. At Caveman Camus at underscore Stancy or for the podcast. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> it's at the SGP Podcast. We're also on Facebook, by the way. And big shout outs to everybody who caught the latest episode of the Wrestling hey. Gods. Hey, you know what? This second episode was a lot better than the first one. Like, thank batch. you. Oh, thanks. Is it, because, I, I, is it because Red was there? Yes. 
Okay. Is this because they doubled down on the jokes? Yes. Also. Ah, wonderful. Not just that, but not just not just that, but it's like you guys the dynamic with the mortals is better. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a little better. You know, as the day goes on. Yeah. We kind of warmed up. But thank you. Uh, we actually rated well. We, yes. We rated a 0.5. Oh my God. That's like a blip. Yes, it is. No, it, 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 no, it, no, it, it really is. That's a literal blip. It literally sorry, is a blip. Sorry, uh, in, in broadcast journalism. We have, heard, we have heard from credible inside sources that we have rated better than The Walking Dead. Replays. Well, not really better, but like right around that area. <laughs> Five, as much as The Walking Dead. All right, so he, here's how it goes down. Shit. We were among the top five programs that rated on Fox through the, through the week. If you know anyone in advertising, if you Nielsen. work for an advertising company, yeah, firm, well, you know, you con- please convince your bosses that wrestling is worth investing on. And the people actually do watch wrestling and have purchasing power. Because oh. that's what keeps us on the air. Oh, because uh, we do need man. that support. And we do need that support, literally. I'm not okay. fucking around here. We're not fucking around here. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm not fucking around here. Like, we just came from the meeting yesterday. We're oh, really we, 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 were told to, we were told to say that exact message. So this is as fair <laughs> as it gets, as raw as it gets. Uh, we do need the support. We need the cash money. And we need to keep wrestling on everyone, cable TV. Every, oh. Uh, I get it now. I get okay. it now. Yeah. 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 Read between the lines, my man. Alright, so there. So, Special so, shout out, by the way, to Chili Willie, an avid listener of the podcast. He'll be happy to know that uh, Billy Swade was on this podcast. Yeah. And I'm sure he will have a hell of a time listening to <laughs> this, <laughs> episode. this episode. This episode of the story. Podcast. And, and you know, he, he came to the last show. I think he, we might see our good friend, Chili. Yes, of course. God, I hope so. I Willie. see him every Sunday, so. You, see him, you saw him at the hotel. I saw him at the hotel. It's nice. You served him. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I did not just serve him. I. I showed him around. Uh, I, I worked. He in, went above and beyond. I, I like I always do. It's part of my job, man. Okay. Right. Part of my job. But the other you above and beyond. All right, all right. Before these two get out, we're gonna end this episode of the SVP podcast. Thanks again to everybody who tuned in and uh, for for keeping us on your podcast apps, for subscribing, for rating, for reviewing, uh, what have you. And we'll catch you next week on another episode. And uh, do stay tuned because the next episode of The Wrestling Gods airs on Fox March 10th. March 10th. That's on a Friday at 10.45. That is the Friday yeah. after Fastlane. Yes, absolutely. So uh, do stick around for that. But as for this episode of the SGP podcast, on behalf of our guest, the beautiful Billy Swade, on behalf of Ro Moran and Raf Camus, this is Stan C. And we are out of here. Peace. Good night. Glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in.